glad. And then on the second Sunday in the month of January, the year 2023 of our Lord, we want to encourage you to join us in worship and fellowship him. And we ask you to just join us a little something like this.
concentrate on you and worship you right now in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. The scripture reading will come from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 14. If you're able to stand on God's word, you may do so. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 14. You're going to go down to verse 22. So Matthew 14, starting at verse 22, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area, and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were what? Amen. Amen.
He cares for us. Let us pray, mighty God. We just thank you for the victory you have in you. Uh, thank you, Lord, that who the Son sets free is free indeed. Father, move in this time that we hear a word from you. Speak, Lord, for your spirits are listening, that we might have your word hidden in our hearts, that we might not sin against you. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we stay in that in that thing and just sing hallelujah again and just worship him for head? Hallelujah. Can you just lift your voices? You Go ahead, just worship right where you are. Just say hallelujah. your hands and adore him saying hallelujah say hallelujah put it all in the Lord's hand release and let it go go ahead just adore him and worship him Mighty God, we magnify you. Lord, we adore you, we worship you. Lord, we lay our burdens down before you. And Lord, may you be magnified, may you be glorified, but all that is said, that is done, Lord, help us to just forget about ourselves and concentrate on you. We worship you, Lord, we adore you. We bless you. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Oh, hallelujah. 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 Let us not forget we come to worship him. Amen. Let us not come to know that he is exalted. Amen. And we want to bless his holy name. Uh, as, we, as we are beginning this new year, and, and we are oftentimes in the new year, are, are encouraged to one another's right to do a New Year's resolution or try something new and do better than we did last year. But I encourage you that all things can be done in Christ Jesus. He makes all things new. If the Bible tells us, we talked about earlier, that in Christ we became a new creation. Behold, all things pass, but behold, all things become new. And you don't have to wait to turn your calendar to get something new. You just need to turn to Jesus and say, Lord, make me over. Lord, transform me, change me from the inside out. Lord, help me to be better today than I was yesterday. I talked to somebody this morning to understand that, Lord, it is with you I can experience all things. 
our, our moment today, our subject today, we're going to talk about how we want to follow the leader. And Jesus should be our leader. And as we follow him, we're going to follow him how we ought to live a life of devotion in Christ. Follow Jesus means to follow the leader into your new life. Every day is an opportunity for you to have something new happen in your life. Because every day God says he blessed with brand new grace and mercy. It is his love that never fails. This new life we have in Christ, I want to encourage you to understand that it does not mean you won't have times of adversity, times of conflict, times of hurt, times of pain. But it does let you know that your destination is going to come. I want to encourage you that if God has placed you on a journey, he has a destination in mind. You are not aimlessly wandering around as if you have nowhere to go, but God has already decided where he wants to put you and where you are obedient and following his instructions. You're going to find out no matter what you go through, you can make it through whatever it is along you are walking with Jesus. Our text today, this 14th chapter of Matthew in this gospel, uh, we're going to talk about how Jesus has instructed the disciples uh, to go to the other side. Also in this text, we find out how Peter walks on water, and we find out how Jesus is already walking on water. And then we also look how they were in times of conflict because of contrary wind that has caused the storm to make them feel afraid, even though they were seasoned fishermen. I, I want you to understand that this text is, is in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. So therefore, there's been a lot of development and already instruction and teaching on who Jesus is. See, the, the 14th chapter deals with John the Baptist. Verse 12 of this 14th chapter says, Later, John's disciples came from his body and buried it. And then they went and told Jesus what had happened. I want you to grab the the, the, the buildup here, because verse 13 says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, look what he did. He left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. I want to highlight here, because I want to talk about how a few things I want to highlight here as I'm building up just to get into our text, is that if I'm going to follow Jesus, there's some things I need to do in following him. One, I need to know how to get alone and pray. Uh, we're going to touch on that a little bit more, but I want you to catch this because Christ is showing us how we need to sometimes be alone in prayer. And I want to encourage you, if you have not done yet, you need to schedule you some alone time. Some time with just you and the Lord. If you don't have that on your itinerary, on your agenda, go ahead and mark it out now. Say, so I need at least 15 minutes. I, I, I'm giving you a slow go, like 15 minutes. But hopefully you can stretch it out that you can get more time. But Lee said, if I can get 15 minutes, you're going to find you like that 15 minutes. You might not want to schedule me another break. <laughs> and spend some more time with God just to refresh yourself, to renew yourself and help yourself. Because look what happened here. Jesus was doing this after he got some sad news about his relative, John the Baptist. This huge crowd now sees Jesus get on the boat. And they look at him and say, where he go? And they followed him to what was a remote place. To make it a populated place. This huge crowd moved with Jesus. With, and so Jesus sees this huge crowd. He's moved with compassion. That Matthew 14 does not say he was teaching. But yet he was healing their sick. Which means that they say we got problems. He's trying to get away. He's not going to get away from us. We're going to bring our sick. 
We're going to bring our lame. We're going to bring our ear for him to hear. But also in the other gospel, it says that he was teaching while he was there. But here's the thing that many of us forget about that, that he was teaching. This, this is when he feeds the 5,000. So he is feeding the 5,000 with five loaves, of fish, uh, me, five loaves of bread and two fish. And here it is that he feeds them, and then he says, all right, now y'all got to go. <laughs> I fed y'all. Y'all won't pass out. Y'all won't die walking back home to where y'all need to come. And then he tells the disciples, y'all need to get on the boat, and y'all need to go. Because look what's happening here. Jesus is trying to go back to what he was initially trying to do, get along, and spend some time in prayer. Y'all see that? I want you to grab that. And, and so that's why I want to kind of build this up for us to look at that, that Jesus was still trying to get away and prosper the loss of his relative, uh, the prophet, John the Baptist. Jesus says that he is the fulfillment of Elijah, who prepared the way for Jesus, who baptized Jesus, who saw the heavens break open, the dove come down, and said, this is my son, whom I am well pleased. The one that leaped in Elizabeth's womb when Jesus stepped into the womb, and she realized that she was blessed in the womb of Jesus. Jesus understands that I lost the one that was coming before me. But notice now in our text today, y'all with me? Verse 22. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. While he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to do what? To pray. Night fell. While he was there alone, this is also let you know that he did not spend just 15 minutes. He spent some quality time with his guys and Lord, we got some issues. <laughs> they killed John the Baptist. My, my, my relative, the one that didn't do no wrong, but yet they're going to kill him. Uh, the disciples buried him and came and told Jesus the news. But here's what I encourage you that there's times in your life that you're going through something new, a new experience, and you don't know what to expect. Well, won't you talk to the one that knows? God already knows what's going to come. So why don't you spend some time with God? Uh, this lady's getting on my last nerve. God, my husband's getting on my last nerve. God, these children getting on my last nerve. God, I'm broke. I don't know how I'm going to make it. And you can talk to God. How can I get it done? God, I'm glad you're coming. Because I'm going to empower you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to be with you that you won't be alone. And I'm going to help you make it through, even though it may be a conflict. No, it may be adverse. May, it may be contrary. It may be difficult. But yet I want you to know you can make it. I'm going to talk to somebody. See, here it is that he's understanding that i got to spend some time with God. When you know that God is with you, then you know you're never alone. But I also want to highlight that he also shows us that we need to look to God in times of pain and suffering. God should be our signpost. He should be our guide. He should be our direction. He should be our compass. He should be everything that helps us to stay on focus. Having understanding that God is who he is, it will help us to relax and refresh and be renewed, knowing that we can find our strength as long as we keep our trust in God. But also encourage you, too, that the road will not be easy. The enemy is laying down snares, traps, roadblocks, obstacles, anything he can do to deter you from reaching your goal. Your goal may not be supported by others. It may not even be fully understood by other people. But yet God has a goal in mind. 
and it's up to you to reach that goal. However, you can see people will tell you you can't reach it. People can tell you it can't be done, but yet you need to remind them that I'm not doing it by myself. I'm doing it on the strength and the power of God himself. However, people may tell you what they can't see. Tell them, I believe in the invisible. I can feel the intangible. I am walking by faith, not by sight. And there's something that God has put in us that will enable us to see the things that others cannot see. Prayer will keep you in focus. When faced with adversity and dealing with difficult times, uh, life can distract us and make us lose focus on our goals because of adversity. Because of things have blinded us or have obstructed our view. And it's easy for us once we get the goal out of our sight to think that it's unreachable. Here's the thing about marathon runners. Uh, marathon runners understanding that they got to run this whole 26 mile, but they have to understand that the end is not the problem. The end is not the problem. The start is not the problem. The problem is in the mid-half mile. Every time their body breaks down, their muscles break down, they start thinking about, is this where I'm going to quit? Is this where I'm going to stop? But yet, because of their training, they have proven themselves that even though my body feels like this, I know I can make it to the finish line. And so that's why they finish that race. And you can see no matter what time is on that clock, they're not running for the time. Some are elite, right, and they run for that record. But others say, I'm running just to finish it. And when they finish and they all get that medal, they get wrapped with that blanket, they got a smile on their face saying, I did it. But when they did it, it's not the satisfaction. The satisfaction is that in my times of adversity, in my times of difficulty, I pressed, I pushed, I moved so I can get to the finish. I'm encouraging somebody here to understand that God is going to get you to your finish line, but will you push yourself? Will you stay focused on the goal even when it's out of sight, even when it might become difficult, even when you get reminded that you're not as close as where you want to be, but understand that God will get you there. Tell your neighbor, stay focused. Jesus, in this text, is hurt by the loss of John. Notice the direct correlation here is that when he received the news that John had passed, he left to go spend some time alone. Uh, but yet the demand of who he is caused people to not let him be alone, that he had to go ahead and serve them and minister to them. And then once he accomplished that, he went back to initial goal is that I need to spend some time alone. Let me encourage you to let you know that don't blame other people. They interrupt your plans. Find a way to say, I still need to get to my plan. So if I got to serve you, if I got to be loving towards you, I got to be gracious towards you. Don't get mad at them that they need you. I'm going to help somebody today. There's some times in our lives that we don't want to give of ourselves because we want to spend some time for ourselves. But here's the thing. Remind yourself that I'm going to still make this a priority and make time to get to myself. Notice that after Jesus did everything, he went and prayed. And he sent them on their way. This is when the text builds up. So first and foremost, I want to encourage us that we follow the leader, we follow Christ, that we need to make sure that we make moments and times in our lives, that we spend time in prayer. That after we get any kind of news, whether it be sad news, whether it be good news, whether it be bad news, that we can spend some time in prayer. We see that Jesus made this a priority of spending time in prayer. 
And when we spend time in prayer, this is what happens. We are still in the presence of the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. I said, wait on the Lord. In your time, in your presence with God, catch this. God already knows about our range of our emotions. So whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you're mad, whether you're depressed, whether you're enraged or frustrated or anger, he can handle that. And you can let him, Lord, I'm messed up, I'm messed up, I'm mad, I'm angry, whatever it is. And cast this, God can handle it. We've been, we've been trained sometimes in society that we don't want to let people know how we are feeling. But God gave you these emotions for a reason. It's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. And here's the thing. The beautiful thing is this, that we have these great emotions to help release this frustration and our stress in our body, help us to be healthy. But when we hold it in, it does the adverse. It hurts your heart. It hurts your stomach. It hurts your liver. People get angry. They're going to wonder why they got stomach aches, why they got ulcers, why they got high blood pressure. Y'all don't hear me? It's something that when you can release these emotions in a healthy way, you feel better. One of the healthy ways to release is talking to God in prayer. To let him know, Lord, I'm angry. Lord, I'm mad. Lord, whatever it is. And let him know that he can handle it. God cares about how you feel. First Peter tells us to cast our cares on the one who cares. I'm going to read this to you. First Peter 5, 6 and 9 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. I, I want to read that to help to highlight that. I, I had that verse 8 memorized uh, when I was in school. Come remind me that the enemy's trying to get me. Stay alert. Be vigilant. But also before that, it says, be you, in his power, and his might, he's going to lift you up, cast all your curse. So why are you anxious? Why are you worried? Why are you stressed out of stuff? Well, you can just say, Lord, I let go and put it in your hands. Prayer helps us to release that stress and saying, God, I realize that I can't control it, but I know you can. Frustration and stress comes when we try to control what we cannot control. But once we can be still and let go and let God. It's amazing how that burden is released from you and you feel that I'm going to talk to somebody. So Jesus told him to get back on the boat. He stayed in prayer until it was nightfall. I like the writer because now he's giving you the setting about now we're going to move to the boat. So just like a cut scene. Right, you saw Jesus' time of prayer. You see the, the time lapse, the sun goes down, the stars come up, and now you go into the boat off in the distance, far now from the land. And it says that the boat is caught as in some storms. Verse 23. After sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray night. Well, the, the, uh, sorry, the night fell and they were there alone. Y'all with me in verse 24? Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. I want to highlight that uh, as the fishermen, they can appreciate this, that they are far away from land, which means that they are too far to turn back. They have already came so much distance that it does not make sense to turn back, but they got to face the storm. Let me help somebody out. Sometimes in your life, 
you get so far that you want to quit, but quitting would be more detrimental than pushing on. Here it is, they realize that we could go back to where we came from, but yet notice Jesus gave them instructions. He said, get on the boat and go to the other side. This, this is where I got my subject matter for our lesson. Follow the leader. Follow the instructions. He said, get on the boat and get to the other side. Notice what he did not say. You're going to face a storm. You're going to be rocked and bushed and you won't be able to rest while you're going there because in the third watch, while it's at night, while you should be in your deep sleep getting ready to wake up, you are fully awake and stressed out and tired because of the storm you are facing. I want to encourage you to understand that in our lives, God does not promise you that you will always have clear skies and sunny days. Storms come. And notice how storms come. Storms are interruptions. They are not welcome. It's an interruption. And so their journey by God was given to them and he was sent on the way, but they were not informed that they would have a storm on their way to their destination. Surprise storms can catch us at our most vulnerable times and sometimes they can catch us at, at when we're not at our best. But here it is. Jesus has left them to be in this storm knowing they've got a destination. Notice the disciples are in trouble. Now, these disciples, if you're not aware, few of them are fishermen, so they've been on the walls. They're, they're not novice when it gets on the wall, so they know how to deal with storms and deal with waves. But yet, here it is. They are saddled with times of difficulty and adversity and contrary, and that they rather be on land, but they're farther away from the land. And Jesus already gave them instructions to go to the other side. As we look at these instructions, let's, as we're going to unpack this, Jesus tells them to get on the boat. He tells them to go to the other side. He does not say you will face some difficulties, <laughs> he, but he does tell them you will reach the other side. I want you to understand that. When he tells them to get on the boat and, uh, and go to the other side, his command is true. You all understand when Jesus says something is going to be done. And so they, they, they may not fully understand, but God had already spoken what was going to be done. He just left out what they were going to experience on the way there. The third watch of the night. New Living Translate helps us to understand if you don't know how to tell time in this time frame, it's around three in the morning. They are tired and stressed out. They are highly irritated thinking that they see a ghost on the wall. Look what it says in verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the wall, they were terrified in their fear. They cried out, it's a ghost. Sometimes when we are frustrated and irritated, let out that things in our lives don't make sense. Here it is. They think they see a ghost walking on the wall. They're fighting the storms and going through contrary winds. But yet, look early in verse 25. This is about 3 o'clock in the morning. Jesus came towards them walking on the wall. So while they're frustrated at 3 o'clock in the morning, while they're tired at 3 o'clock in the morning, while they're dealing with contrary winds at 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus is on his way at 3 o'clock in the morning. Let me help you out. You didn't catch what's happening here. While you're going through, Jesus is on his way. Tell your neighbor, help is on the way. 
So don't get so frustrated that you give up and give out knowing that he's about to come there and pick you up and get you out. So if Jesus told you to go somewhere, if Jesus told you to be somewhere, just trust the Lord. If you want me to be, I know you're going to be here. If you want me to stay here, then I know that you are still here. He's a present help in a time of trouble. Notice at the time they need him is when he shows up. Notice the text did not point out that they need him at 2 o'clock. Did not need him at 1 o'clock. But at the three o'clock, at the third watch, at the time that they needed help, Jesus shows up and look what he says to them. Don't be afraid. I am here. Jesus was walking in the same direction with them. And so if he's walking in the same direction, it means that he had his eyes on them. He saw what they were going through. He saw what they were experiencing. And, he, and look, look, what, look, look closely here. He figured that they can handle it because I already told him to get to the other side. So he was going to walk past them. Watch out, somebody. God knows what you can handle, but you think you can't handle it. You'll find all kinds of reasons, excuses to give up, to quit, to throw in the towel, and let it go. But God is saying, if you can just push on, your greatest reward is ahead of you. And here it is that they are ready to give up, but Jesus says, I'm going to let them see that they got the power, they got the energy, they got the strength. I have already equipped them and enabled them and let, allow them to know that they can handle whatever storm is coming their way. So I'm going to walk on by them, but yet they're crying out, I see a ghost. And Jesus realized, all right, they're not going to make it. <laughs> Be encouraged. It's me. But he's still not getting on the boat, y'all. He's letting them know, like, calm down. It's going to be all right. Y'all going to make it. But here's where it shifts. Y'all still with me there? Look what happened. Verse 27. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him. Lord, if it is really you. Here's the, here's the test here. Tell me to come to you walking on the water. So the disciples heard him say, it is me. Uh, but Peter heard something different. Uh, he's saying, well, it is really you. I want to be where you are. So I want you to speak. Y'all see that? I want you to command. I want you to make a declarative imperative sentence of saying something that's going to change my circumstances so that I can be where you are. Y'all seem like y'all not following what's happening here. He's saying, I'm not going to get out this boat unless you say so. Because if you say so, I've got enough faith in you that it's going to work out in my faith. And now, here's the beautiful thing about Peter, about this text. Everybody else is staying in the boat. They're like, nah, that's a ghost out there, Peter. <laughs> we dealing with a storm, Peter. You going to get out in this crazy water, out of this boat? But here it is, Peter is showing how we need to sometimes step out of our comfort zone. Even when we're going through some storms, some of us like chaotic stuff in our life. We're so happy with it because of how we've always been around. It's like, I'm just going to sit here. 
I'm just going to enjoy this and it, it'll, it'll blow over. This is how it is. You ever go to somebody's house like that? And you look at them like, what's going on? And you're like, don't worry about it. <laughs> this is how it is. We're going to eat dinner in a minute. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, don't worry about it. You ain't got to go. You ain't got to leave. This is what happens here. And here it is Peter saying, like, I'm not happy with the situation. I want a different situation. I want to get out of the boat. Peter's trusting in the command of Jesus. He's trusting that Jesus, if you say it, it can be done. But he knows he says specifically, Jesus, if it is you, then you can prove it is you. I, I will obey your command. Because if it is you, Lord, all you got to do is say, come, and I'm going to come. And so notice that once Peter responds to Jesus, look how simply Jesus comes on and says, yes, come. <laughs> it's all right. You about it, about it. Come on. I'm out here. Come on out. So Peter went over the side of the boat. And this is when my imagination goes wild about this, because I wonder how, how big is the boat, how little is the boat, right? And, and I, I, I picture a child testing a water at the pool. You ever take a child to the pool for the first time? And, and the pool, no matter how deep it is, it just looks big. And so they, they, they inch over. They, they test the water out to see, you know, is it cold? How's it going to feel? Ooh, ooh, ooh. They don't understand, and then they kind of slyly get down, trying to see, and then they realize I can't touch the bottom. <laughs> and they get back on it, like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting in there. And so I went out, Peter is like, like, say, like, will I touch something that's going to hold me up, or will I sink if I get in this water? Because Peter know how water works. He go fishing, he drops stuff in and sink. So he said, well, let me, I, I can imagine my eyes, he, he, he sticks his, his, his sandal down and says, uh, this is pretty solid. <laughs> okay. One step down, two steps down, right? Said, all right, I'm, I'm doing it, right? So he's out there walking, but notice what happens as he's com- coming toward Jesus. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked in the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified. And he began to sink. Mm. Save me, Lord, he shouted. What I want to highlight is that he was okay when he was only focusing on the command of Jesus. Jesus told him to come. He was okay. All right? He told me to come. So what I got to do to come? I got to get out the boat. All right? I'm walking on the water. All right? But now here comes what's not planned, the storm. Some contrary wind. Some adversity comes into our lives. Things that are negative and impact us. And, and here it is. Now he's realizing, like, oh, this is not what I signed up for. And now when he's in trouble, he calls out to Jesus. But notice when he was not in trouble, he was operating on the command. Proverbs 4 and 12 says, when you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. The Lord, Proverbs 20, 24, says, the Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? And here this kind of ministers to me about Peter, because Peter's trying to figure out how am I walking on this walk? <laughs> I've never done this. This is something new. And I'm following his instructions. And I'm doing exactly what he said, but as soon as adversity came, I failed. When he saw the strong wind and the waves. Here's the beautiful thing about why you're doing your new journey. And though it may be difficult. And though you may face adversity. 
though you may face people against you, here's one beautiful thing you can always do. Call on Jesus. Because Jesus saves. When he called on Jesus, I like how the text says, says immediately. Y'all see that there? Immediately, Jesus reached out and grabbed him. Now, here's what does not say, so my imagination starts running on this too, is that it does not say Jesus walking towards the boat. It does not say Jesus moving towards Peter. But it says to us that he was able to reach out and to grab him. Now, I'm going to take my own theological liberation and start thinking about how awesome our God is. That no matter where I am, he is. Y'all catch that? (laughs) No matter where I am, he is. I can see Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, but yet in my hospital bed, he's right there. Y'all see what I'm saying? I I, I, I can see Jesus over on the other side of helping somebody out, but when I call on him about my mama, he's there. Y'all see that? So as soon as he called, he was there. And so Peter was all, he's out of reach. He, he's from a distance. I, I can't, because it did not say Peter reached out to grab him. I don't know about you, but when I'm falling, somebody's name, you're going to fall with me. <laughs> you're going to fall down. I'm going to grab to hold myself up. If you ain't got a good way, we going down together. That's what's going to happen. Some of y'all act like y'all ain't never tripped and fall before, but I failed and fall before. I done, I done grabbed on some things. Trying to make sure it wasn't just me by myself. And here it is, I can see people, hey, what's going on? And can nobody help him or nobody nearby? But as soon as he said, hey, <laughs> something happens when we call on Jesus. The situation shifts. The situation changes. His presence changes. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. But then Jesus demolished him because this is when we find out that you could have made it, Peter. You would have made it. You would have made it. Tell your neighbor, you can make it. Because he told him, says, why did you doubt me? Wasn't you that asked me? Wasn't you that asked me to come out? Why did you doubt me? Storms are disturbance of the atmosphere. That means that what was, whatever your atmosphere is, a storm will disrupt it and is marked by winds, usually rain, snow, hail, or street, or sleep, or thunder and lightning. Storms interrupt what is calm and peaceful. Storms come into our life. But Peter is walking in the storm. <laughs> what does that mean? That means Peter was at peace in the storm because he was walking on the command of Jesus. I'm encouraging you that no matter what storm you're going through, you can find or I can find peace as I'm trusting in Jesus. Storms will interrupt our life, but with Jesus, we can endure the storms. Adversity and contrary winds will try to stop us from reaching our goal, but we got to stay focused on Jesus. And even when you can't help yourself, know that Jesus is ready to step in and help you at the right time. Immediately, Jesus reached out and grabbed Peter. Again, Jesus asked him, why did you doubt it? You understand what happened about this Peter here. Uh, uh, Peter was called with Andrew to be a fisher of men. He didn't doubt him then. He left being a fisher 
to be a fishers of me. Uh, Jesus' powerful teachings on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, Peter sat through that and was amazed and remarked by his remarkable teachings. Then Jesus heals a man with leprosy. Matthew 8, chapter verse 3. Then Jesus heals, this, this is my favorite one, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law from a fever. So Peter realized that he even made my wife happy. <laughs> Take care of her mother, that she had a touch of fever while he was in our house. He held her out. And then in that same uh, verse of passage, they brought demon-possessed people to Peter's house, and Jesus healed them. And then even before we have them walking on, on water, Jesus said, peace, be still. That he calmed the raging sea that the waves and the wind obeyed his command. And so when Jesus asked him, Peter, why did you doubt me? Push him to, to question. You didn't have no problem all these other times. So why here did you doubt me when it was you that asked me to tell me to come and get out on this water? And so that's just a few in the 14 gospel, I'm sorry, in the Matthew and the 14, the 14 chapters previously, what Peter experienced, what Christ was doing. But yet he doubted. But yet I'm going to ask you, why do you doubt him? Why do you not believe that he can lead you through the storms and through the trials and tribulations of your life? Why do you doubt that you started this race, but you don't think you can finish this race and you don't call on Jesus to help you to finish the race and you just give up and you give in and you give out? Why do you get so frustrated? You blame everybody else, but you don't turn to God and say, Lord, I messed up, but Lord, can you fix this? The disciples understood that, God, you are able to do some amazing things. And so we call on you when times get rough, when times get difficult. Notice here in this text that everything gets better with Jesus' presence. When Peter was on the water, as soon as the storm hit him, individually, he's no longer corporately with the people, but individually, because he took a step of faith that he got out of the boat. But when he saw the winds, and he realized that I'm not a boat, I don't have the capacity to bolster against these winds and these waves, uh, I think I need some additional help. And he calls on Jesus, and Jesus grabs him. But notice that Jesus does not stop there. I can see now with my great action imagination, Jesus now picking up Peter, throwing him on his shoulder like a fireman, and getting onto the boat. But what happens when he gets on the boat? The storm stops. Jesus is allowing them to face the storm by themselves because he wants them to know you can make it through the storm. But now that I'm on here, you don't need the storm <laughs> because you already know you're going to make it because I'm here. But I was always here. You just did not see me. I was watching you from a distance, knowing that I want to see you succeed, my child. I want to see you go and fly on your own. But since you need me to get it, now i got to talk to you some more. Why did you die? Y'all see, see that there? Why did you die? Why did you not? I told you be of good courage. I told you have no fear. I told you it's me. It's not a ghost. Everything's going to be all right. But then Peter took it to another level. Lord, if it's you. Well, you came out, but then you doubted in when the wind came, and now you got me getting on the boat. Now the storm is over, and then what do they do? They worship. 
They realize, Lord, Lord, you are the Son of God. Look, look, look closely there. It says, you are the Son of God. They, and here's the beautiful thing about this is that they understand it, but yet they still doubt it. <laughs> and that's how we are in our lives. We believe in God, but there's some times, I don't know. Because that's who we are. That's why he steps in, even when we have doubt. Even in times of adversity, in times of contra- contradictions, God is consistent. Tell your neighbor, God is still the same. No matter what you're going through, God does not change. His love never fails. He is faithful until the end. Jesus knew they, <clears throat> excuse me, they needed to be encouraged. And so even this, Jesus says who he is God. He expresses love towards them and let them know that even when they were doubtful, even when they lacked enough faith, it did not limit what God can do. Aren't you glad that God is not limited by our faith? Because sometimes in our lives we know we don't have enough faith, but yet God is faithful. It's sort of like when you're playing a game of throwing a ball at the face, and you don't have enough faith that you're going to knock those games out. Because you know, like, these games ain't meant for me to win, but you're going to try it out anyway. And so you play the game with not enough faith, but yet you knock them down, you get the prize. And so you found out that it wasn't based on your faith. It's based on that the actions are going to lead into the evidence. And here's a beautiful thing about God. His actions always lead to his evidence. God will not say and will not do. God is not the son of man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. Will he not say, will he not do? God said it's going to be done. God told them, Jesus told them, get on the boat and get to the other side. They made it. But they couldn't make it without calling on him to make it through the storm. And that's not a bad thing. Because Jesus was teaching them that I want you to know you can make it through the storm. But if you need me, I'm here. I'm going to be here for you. And notice what happens when he gets on the other side in verses 35-36. When the people recognized Jesus, they knew the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. And all who touched him were be healed. We know about the women with the issue of blood that say, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. But she was not the only one that believed if I could just touch him. I don't need to touch the shoulder. I don't need to get high. If I could just get low. I'll crawl on my belly. I'll get down on my knees if I can just touch the hem of his garment. What I want to highlight here is that what happens here is that when they touch the hem of his garment, it suggests to us that they were low. They might have been down on their knees. But here's another thing about this, that when we see the disciples said they worshipped him when he got on the boat, the word worship means to be prostrate or to be bent or bend low and get down on the knee. And so in the process of that, when we worship him, our healing begins. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. All who call on them, Lord, shall be saved. Our salvation is our healing. By his stripes, we are healed. That's what it's saying. We, we are saved from our sin sickness. And so when we're walking in this new life, we are daily going through healing and restoration and changing from our old self to be more in our new self. We have not made there yet. That's why we got to keep on going through this journey. You're going to keep on going through some storms. But every time you go through a storm, you want to get stronger 
You're going to get wise. You're going to be able to realize that I can handle no matter what comes my way. So I want to encourage you to follow the lead. Spend some time in prayer. Knowing that storms will come. But don't give up. Don't give in every time a storm comes. You may complain. That's all right. You may fuss. That may be all right. But don't forget to pray. Sometimes we do all the fuss and all the complaining, but we didn't go talk to God about it. But have a little talk with Jesus and tell him all about your troubles. And you will find out everything will be all right. And knowing that he'll see you on the other side. Let us pray. God, we just thank you that you will never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you, Lord, that no matter the contrary adversity and the difficulties we're facing in our lives, that, Lord, you have already given us the strength and the endurance and the ability to make it through. And so, Father, we just thank you for how you love us and how you care for us, how you provide for us. And thank you, Lord, that even in our times of doubt, even in times of our weakness, that you have made us strong because, Lord, we find our strength in you. So thank you for being our redeemer. Thank you for being our savior. And, Father, Lord, there might be someone who does not know Jesus. Lord, I pray they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Christ died on the cross for the sins, rose from the grave, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And Lord, I pray uh, that they will find a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church where they can be baptized and have the communion of the saints and continue to grow in the admonition of the youth. Now, Father, bless us, Lord, as we continue to worship. In Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray. Amen. That might be you that joined and decided, I want to know this Jesus and follow him and follow his instructions. We encourage you to reach out to ZionBCPoria.com and get onto our website, download our app. And also, as we continue to worship our God, we worship him through our tithes and our offering. You can also do that through our app as well or through our website, www.zionbcporia.com. And those who are here, we can be prepared to give God his tithes and our offering. Let us pray. Father, we freely give back to you what already belongs to you. Bless it, increase it, and multiply it. Lord, bless those that desire to give, but yet have not. We thank you, Lord, that you provide for our every need. And we're grateful that you will increase, multiply for the building of your kingdom. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. As you follow the instructions of the ushers and the deacons, we pray to give God his tithes and our offering. And those that join us online, thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and may he keep you.